From the alley-oops at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off-season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Ready to talk about day six of training camp and more exciting things coming from Santa Clara. It is just nonstop excitement and news. Uh, The 49ers seem to always have news surrounding their football team. We've been talking about the injury bug missing the 49ers through the early part of training camp. It seems to be kind of rearing its ugly head a little bit. So we'll get into some of the injuries that the 49ers may have going, you know, in their direction. And then also talk about, you know, what they've did at practice and how, you know, some parts of the team are starting to accelerate, maybe a little rust being knocked off Brock Purdy. It's going to be a fun episode. I'm glad you're here with me. 49ers cut back on believe and it kicks off in the morning. I'm sitting out at training camp watching uh, practice is about to start. You got people stretching notification. You know, Adam Schefter reports that the 49ers have signed former first round pick Taco Charlton of the Dallas used to be with the Dallas Cowboys kind of been around the league a little bit. Now the former Michigan Wolverine. So the 49ers bring in Taco and he's going to be coming in and, and playing defensive end. And he was at practice today. If you follow 49ers cutback on social media. You saw Taco Charlton, uh, in the first look in his uniform, he was out there wearing number 77, which was weird. I was like, hey, that's not Bubba Paris. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of 77s before the San Francisco 49ers through the years, but I thought Taco Charlton, the first look at him, he looked like he was in good shape. His lungs are, or arms are definitely long. I call it lungs. Yeah, his arms are definitely long. He looked really good uh, as far as physique. I think you know him getting acclimated to the defense is going to be a different story, but I watched him and I, I watched him pretty intently to see how Taco Charlton was going to look. He was getting reps with the third team defensive ends and defensive line. And I thought he looked pretty good. His get off was a little bit slower than I would like, uh, but that was something Chris Kacerik was already pushing him on. He was already going through the work and he even between uh, group sessions. So the defensive line worked with the bags with uh, you know the coaches, including Chris Kacerik, uh, and Daryl Tapp. And then Daryl Tapp, uh, between sessions, worked more with Taco Charlton. They were working on his hand hand work, his hand placement. It was really good work. So uh, Taco was in there putting in that extra work, and I think that's really good news for the 49ers because the 49ers have a couple of guys missing at the de- defensive end position. Both Austin Bryant and Robert Beal were not practicing. So the 49ers needed to add defensive end depth because they did add Taco Charlton. They waived uh, safety Avery Young from Rutgers. The 49ers had to make a move in the secondary to be able to bring on Taco. So they're not moving on from Austin Bryant or Robert Beal or anything like that. And we don't know how significant their injuries are, but it looks like the 49ers have some defensive line injuries, not just Robert Beal Jr. and Austin Bryant, but also Kalia Davis that we talked about yesterday hasn't been at practice. So 49ers, you know, it usually happens this way. Unfortunately, it attacks one part of your team and it seems to be attacking the 49ers defensive line. So they bring in taco Charlton 
And so he'll be out there competing and, and trying to make a name for himself to see if he can stick with the 49ers and potentially make the 49ers 53-man roster. I think that would be a lot of a lot of fun to see if he could do it, right? Uh, and, and what is going on, everyone in chat? Uh, uh, people are asking about Beal, and I haven't really heard anything. I do know he was not in pads and on the sidelines. So we'll see. We'll see where he's at. And if he, you know, hopefully he's able to get there. But usually in training camp, you just don't get no injury updates until you get Kyle Shanahan uh, to the press conferences. So until Kyle is actually going to be speaking to the media, we're probably not going to know anything about these injuries. Uh, but Beal Jr. was in street clothes on the sideline. And so he's going to have to work his way back with Bryant. I don't know. So we don't really have any information. Just that the 49ers felt it was necessary to increase their rotation by bringing in Taco Charlton. And what's up, Mosquito Killer? How's it going? Uh, glad to, you came in here live and glad Donald and Freddie and uh, Josh and everybody's in chat. I really appreciate you all coming through. What's up, David and CJ? Uh, you guys are in here as well. Really appreciate all the support. 11 subscribers away from 4K on YouTube. So... Thanks, everyone, so much for that comes through and listens to 49ers Cutback on Believe. And with that, opportunity has come. Of course, Nick Bosa doesn't have, you know, the contract. They haven't really worked it out. John Lynch was, uh, you know, kind of keeping it all close to the vest. He says he wants to respect the wishes of the agent and Nick Bosa about the contract negotiation details, and that's fine. But with that comes a lot of opportunities for Cleveland Farrell and for Drake Jackson. And I think it's been well-documented how much people have been fans of Drake Jackson and how he's looked, whether that was covering Elijah Mitchell uh, down the field on a, on a route down the field down the sideline, or if that was just the way that I saw him yesterday in one-on-ones working on an up-the-field speed rush you know, with a spin to the inside. I thought he looked really good. He looked really quick. And he's looked pretty good in team. I think there's been a couple opportunities where he probably would have had a sack or two. And so I think everyone's kind of on the, the right track with Drake Jackson. They think, hey, he's going. But I think Cleveland Farrell's been kind of flying under the radar because Farrell fits what the 49ers really want to do. He's good against the run, but he showed more pass rush ability than I think a lot of people thought. Uh, during one-on-ones, I seen him giving Trent Williams some fits and it's not easy to make Trent feel uncomfortable. And I thought Farrell did that really good with some heavy hands, some really good placement, and then just using his leverage. And so anytime you can have that sort of success against a player like Trent Williams, of course, you know, every dog has his day. But I just thought overall Cleveland Farrell's been consistent. And so as long as he continues down that path, I like the 49ers rotation with Farrell coming in potentially in that second group as long as Drake keeps ascending. And I think that's really good for the defensive line. I just wish that they didn't have an Austin Bryant injury. And I wish we could see what Robert Beal Jr. looked like because I'm I just so uh, excited about that speed rush element off the edge. And we just didn't really get to see it. He was kind of just going through basic individual drills. We haven't really got to see him much in team settings and especially didn't get to see him in pads have any sort of real reps against guys like Trent Williams or Jalen Moore. We just haven't saw it because Beal hasn't been healthy. So uh, that's something I, I definitely want to see. So there's question marks right now around defensive end from Bosa being out, you know, just to the injuries to Brian Beal who are very similar in stature and 
the way that they play that speed element around the outside. So hopefully they're going to figure this thing out here pretty soon because I do want to see them figure it out. And Freddie has a question. He says, could Mason take over as running back too? As much as I like Jordan Mason, and I've heard a lot of really good reports. You know, I hear the oohs and ahs in the crowd, and I see it as well. The physicality, pretty good vision. I mean, he looks good. Uh, he's even running pretty good routes this year, and I knew that was something he had a capability to do. Uh, it's just something that he hadn't been asked to do in San Francisco yet. But I think Elijah Mitchell has looked better than Jordan Mason. And and maybe, you know, uh, some would say it's it's the opposite. But I think Elijah Mitchell looks like the complete package, whether that's catching the ball in the backfield, the vision on the inside. I mean, he had a literally ooh-ah run today through the middle of the field. He was caught through a nice hole, pressed up to where the linebackers were, and then made a jump cut that got him into the open field. And it looked like the Elijah Mitchell that we all like. So I think that Jordan Mason has definitely ascended from last year. I just don't think he's overtaking Elijah Mitchell right now. If Mitchell gets hurt, Jordan Mason, you could feel very comfortable with him as a running back too. But I think the Fournier's just have an absolute three-headed monster. And you can't sleep on TDP either. TDP is running physical. He's running with great patience and vision. And he was not wanting to be stopped today. He was running over all challengers. It was contact. He was not afraid of it. TDP had another one where he broke. Uh, probably would have ended up getting like 12 to 15 yards. Of course, he made that extra, you know, guy potentially missing and break out. But uh, those four guys have looked fantastic recently. So even though Jordan Mason is trending in the right direction, he's trending on the way up. I still think Elijah Mitchell is trending that way as well. Uh, so I, I think that we're we're hopeful that the running back room is going to continue this way. Speaking of running backs, Christian McCaffrey is special. Uh, just everything he does, I don't think it's something that we have to harp on from practice uh, because he's just, I mean, so good on those reps. But he had one play where he came running through an open hole and Dre Greenlaw came from the side and absolutely obliterated him. Obliterated him. And it was one of those uh, plays where you could tell tempers got going a little bit. It never got out of hand. You know, cooler heads prevailed. But Christian McCaffrey stayed down for a second, and then he got up and did his traditional run. Even after the contact, you get that extra 10 to 15 yards. But it was it was an impact hit. Greg Greenlaw is exactly what they say. The guy is like Mike Tyson, you know, when he's getting that hit. Uh, CJ says, would you consider trading Bosa for a tackle? No, I wouldn't. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not about that at all. I wouldn't trade Bosa for a tackle. I think the 49ers can get a a tackle uh, next year in the first round. This is the first time they'll have first round picks and they can take advantage of getting a tackle high in the draft. Uh, Jerry says 95, seven, the game said that it was a great pretty day. Is that true? So let's talk a little bit about the quarterback position. It's amazing, right? We've made it uh, over 10 minutes into the show and we haven't really talked quarterbacks. Welcome to 49ers cutback where the focus isn't always on quarterbacks, even though quarterbacks are a big part of it. So, yeah, Brock Purdy had a good day today. I, I think the easiest way to say it was he looked comfortable. He looked confident. And I thought this was probably the best performance we've got from Brock Purdy so far in training camp. So that's good news. So we've seen the highlights. He's made some good throws. Yesterday, there was a really spectacular throw to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, today, he was in rhythm. 
hitting the intermediate passes. He was checking down when he was supposed to, hitting screen passes. Uh, I thought overall he looked good. He did have one mistake where he escaped the pocket. He was getting pressure. He escaped the pocket to the right. He saw uh, George Kittle flashing across the middle of the field, and he tried to throw back across his body, and it was nearly intercepted. I think that's a mistake, but I think every quarterback and, and coach understands that's a mistake. You never throw back across the field. That just puts the ball in harm's way. Brock knew right away he had made a mistake. The ball should have been intercepted. It wasn't. Uh, but those are the kinds of mistakes that you can fix. And I think it's good that he's doing it. He's taking some chances. And that's one of the things how Shanahan tells all these quarterbacks. Yeah, he wants them to go strategically through their reads, one, two, three, and go with the progression. But also, he wants them to take some chances and see what throws they can get away with. Because this is the time to figure it out. Not when you're in the regular season. So he can test what his capabilities are. Now he knows I can't make that throw. And in fact, I guarantee when they get into the film room, it's going to start with Brian Greasy and it's going to end with Kyle Shanahan with never do that again. Uh, but he had a really good red zone period. He was throwing strikes. Uh, he hit um, Dewan Jennings in the back of the end zone for a touchdown. It was a really great play. Uh, they hit Debo Samuel for a touchdown. That was really nice as well. Debo went low and got the football. So, yeah, it was a good day for Brock Purdy. He had 19 reps overall. Yesterday was 27, so uh, fewer eight fewer reps. But he was 8 of 10. So they didn't do as many 11-on-11 uh, 11 11 situations today at practice, but I thought he looked pretty good. And then I thought Trey Lance continued you know, his upward ascension. I thought it was consistent. The only problem was the short pass uh, short passes kind of reared its ugly head again. And it started on his very first throw. He had George Kittle wide open in the flat, and he just threw it way too far outside. It was not a good throw. But we did see him working with Christian McCaffrey, with Brandon Ayuk. He had some really good timing on his throws, uh, good precision, especially anything that gets you know close to 10 yards. I feel like that's where Trey Lance is really excelling. Uh, but, you know, he ran the offense good. Good on the handoffs, rolling out. A couple times he escaped. Uh, so I think Trey is still going in the right direction. With Sam Darnold, this was Sam Darnold's worst practice that I've seen. Uh, he just wasn't getting the opportunities, was getting the pocket collapsed on him pretty consistently. And so he wasn't able to make some of the throws. And then for the first time, we've seen him short hopping receivers and, and not being able to get the ball where it's supposed to be. He has normally been the model of consistency. That's what we've been talking about with Sam Darnold. And today was a day that he struggled. So you can see by matchup, uh, by personnel, there are times when each one of these quarterbacks is going to somewhat struggle. And today was Darnold's day. And then just throwing it out there, uh, Brandon Allen got nine reps. So Darnold got 11. Brandon Allen got nine reps. And he was five for five passing. At the one-on-ones, he, he handles one-on-ones, and today it was running backs versus linebackers, tight ends versus safeties. Brandon Allen threw all of those footballs, uh, sometimes very accurately, and then sometimes he missed. And the reason I bring that up is Cameron Latu is struggling a little bit right now to catch the football consistently. He had a, a big drop uh, in the red zone. He's had a couple of other ones as well. Uh, but he had an opportunity, and one-on-ones he won once big, and then he had another one where it should have been a touchdown on one-on-ones. It was a really nice move when he got to the top of his route and stacked it. He gave a little bit extra, 
and he created separation from the safety. And it should have been a touchdown, but he just absolutely was uh, thrown a terrible pass by Brandon Allen. And when I say terrible, uh, Latu's looking to the inside, and it was thrown outside to the sideline and out of bounds. So it wasn't the best moment, but overall, Brandon Allen has consistently been able to play pretty good, which I'm sure the 49ers are happy about, even though you know John Lynch did say in his presser they couldn't keep four quarterbacks on the active roster. They could potentially keep four in the room, which means one of them is probably going to be on the practice squad. I just don't know if that guy is going to be Brandon Allen because uh, let's be honest, uh, Brandon Allen, um, he's probably going to get picked up. He's not a bad player at all. So I think that's something that, you know, we'll monitor and just kind of see where they're going. So, yeah, I thought that, you know, overall it was a good day for the quarterbacks again. I mean, Sam maybe struggled a little bit, but other than that, it was good. Uh, Jelly says, and how about our Noel at running back? So, uh, Kalen Laburn, um, he was really showing out early. He hasn't got as many reps recently. The one thing that's still the drawback for Laburn is the vision. So if he gets a hole uh, and he sees it, he's dynamic going through it. You can see the speed, the way he changes direction. Uh, it's all there. He's catching the football, the backfield. I mean, he's dangerous going against linebackers in the open field. The problem is sometimes he will miss the open hole and try to bounce. And I think that is a, a concern with a lot of young running backs, and that's something they're working on him with right now is, hey, knowing when to get vertical. And sometimes you got to press the line of scrimmage, and yeah, the play's supposed to go right, but the opening's going to come to the left. And that's a lot of feel. It's a lot of vision. And I think right now, Laburn is learning that. But you can see the explosiveness as an athlete. I think right now he's the fifth running back behind TDP. But we'll see what he does when he gets into preseason. You can make a name for yourself there. If he doesn't show up and show out in preseason, he'll probably be on the 49ers practice squad from what I've seen in training camp. If he shows up and shows out, he'll probably be on someone else's practice squad because he's that good of a football player. Uh, JL says, Ant, who had the million sacks that our defense had today? It was kind of spread around. I mean, it wasn't a million sacks. The, the pocket was definitely collapsing here and there. They were working on blitz packages from Steve Wilkes. He was bringing Hufanga. He was bringing Isaiah Oliver. He was bringing inside linebackers. And sometimes the 49ers were defeating that blitz with you know great hot reads. And that's part of the reason that quarterbacks were checking down. So if you hear about quarterbacks throwing short or checking down, it was because that was the hot. That's what they're supposed to do. So you had the defense working on blitzing and the coverage behind that and the 49ers going ahead and throwing where that blitz comes from. And that's why there were some big plays in the intermediate and short game that developed into, you know, big time plays. So to me, I thought that overall the both the offense and defense was executing what they wanted. And it's one of those things. They always say you live by the blitz, you die by the blitz and Wilkes is finding out what his players can do and Kyle Shanahan's finding out exactly not only how his offensive line is going to respond and pick up blitzes or his running backs that are handling protection, but also if his quarterback can navigate what he sees and get rid of the football when he's supposed to. We've had so many situations in the 49ers past where the quarterback didn't recognize the read or wasn't able to get rid of the football. And then you got a sack. So yeah. Was there pressure? Yes. It's hard to tell sometimes if it's going to be a sack or if it's not. 
depending on, you know, right now they can't touch the quarterback. So sometimes even if someone reaches out and touches a quarterback, but he wouldn't have got a sack, people will still call it a sack. So I don't really put a whole lot of, uh, you know, a whole lot of anything behind it. I mean, I just, I think it's, you know, sometimes it's there and sometimes it's not. Um, Freddie says any Jalen Moore up injury update. No, no injury update from Jalen Moore. It was a scary moment as he went down. He did get up and walk about 25, 30 yards uh, very gingerly. I felt like he was picked up a steam a little bit before he got on the cart. So unfortunately, Jalen Moore, we're going to have to wait and find out what his injury is. I thought he was having a really good training camp, and I was excited about him and potentially what he could you know, be for the 49ers. He was for sure ahead of Matt Pryor right now. He he really was the you know one of the better linemen on the 49ers team. So hoping for nothing serious, at least nothing that would keep him out for the regular season because I think the 49ers really uh, would love to have him out there the way that he's been playing right now. Uh, so I, I like it. And Donald says Kyle actually put his offensive players in the fire to strengthen them. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely he does. They put him in tough situations. You know, and that's how it is, right? You press coal and you make a diamond. And I think that's what he's trying to do is make sure he gets these guys in the right situations where they can be successful. They have to be able to navigate, you know, what they see on the field. And I think that, the, you know, the 49ers are doing a good job with that, especially Kyle Shanahan of making sure. Another notable thing that I wanted to bring up was just Brandon Ayuk's continued onslaught. And I seen Freddie Mac Dre ask who's going to have more yards, Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel. And the way Ayuk is playing right now, you can't guard him with one guy. I mean, you, you can't. He's just ridiculous. Anything that gets thrown his way, he's catching it. It's like Clifford Franklin from the replacements. Uh, the ball is like a one-man cold uh, to Brandon Ayuk, he's the only one catching it. He's the only one coming down with it. The dude is so good. And I think right now he he just, he looks the part. His body is different than you know we've ever seen it. Rookie year, he had the, the skinnier legs. Uh, now he is just built for success. He gets in and out of his breaks. I mean, he, he does it against everybody. Every single corner he goes against, every safety you know that he has to route at the top, he just handles it. And if he's getting physical with someone, he's able to get separation and get the ball, the tough hands, strong hands to bring the ball down. Brandon Ayuk's going to be a problem. But here it is. Debo Samuel is having uh, the best training camp I've seen him have. He's catching everything. He's going down low for the football. He's running really good crisp routes, especially for Debo Samuel, that are creating separation. He's been executing the deep cuts really good. Uh, and then, you know, he was he was running his normal crossing patterns. And today... Danny Gray went flying up the field and uh, I was sitting there and I said, Oh, I said, I go, there it is. And I was expecting him to just Brock Purdy to let it fly to Danny Gray. Cause Gray was good. He blew by the safety. It was a touchdown. Uh, but he went to Debo Samuel underneath, which I'm sure is the first read because the safety got caught in no man's land and uh, Debo had a nice play. So I think Debo and Brandon Uke are both going to have success. I think, who has the most yards is going to be dependent on number one, how defenses look to play them. Because if your plan on that day is to take away Brandon Ayuk and you double him, Debo, McCaffrey, and Kittle are going to kill you. And if it's, you know, you're going to go ahead and take away Debo and all the things he does, well, then, you know, Brandon Ayuk's going to kill you. 
And if for some way you figure out how to take both of them out, well, McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Jawan Jennings are going to kill you. It's, it's pick your poison. And I think the 49ers are feeling really comfortable, you know, especially with how good IUK has looked. Uh, it's, it's amazing how much better he gets every single practice. Uh, thank you so much, David. Uh, David Morazzo says, love the content. New subscriber. Really appreciate you coming through. And, uh, and, and I love having new people around. So uh, leave your takes. Let us know how you're feeling. And really appreciate you coming on by to 40 yards cutback on Believe. And let's talk a little bit Nick Zakel because we know Nick Zakel is one of my favorite offensive linemen. And last year, he was the last offensive lineman on the 53-man roster. And this year, he's looking better. He's bigger. He's more physical. Uh, he looks more fluid in his athletic ability. He struggled early on. I could tell his, his strength. I mean, Kinlaw, he's been known against Kinlaw in that second unit. And Kinlaw was getting the best of him. And I thought that Zakel bounced back. But one thing interesting and why it was noteworthy was he was logging center snaps. And I was watching him, you know, whether the quarterback was under center or was in the shotgun, he was doing a really good job. And him and Joey Fisher were playing together with Jason Poe at right guard. And I thought that at times it looked really good on that, you know, third unit. And so the 49ers, you know, with a young guy like Nick Zakel, have some flexibility. We seen Feliciano do it yesterday. Feliciano. I mean, the guy is just stout and solid. Well, we're seeing this 49ers offensive line take shape. Jake Brendel did better in one-on-ones today than he did yesterday. You know, I thought Jalen Moore looked good again. Trent Williams looked like Trent Williams. Uh, Colton McKivitz is still doing his thing. So I've been excited about the offensive line, but I've been waiting for some of the younger guys to kind of take a step forward, whether that was Jason Poe or Nick Zakel or Joey Fisher. Uh, Ill Manning. I want to see how these guys perform. And I felt like Fisher had a pretty good day and Zakel logging those snaps to center. I thought he looked good. So it's something to monitor. We've been talking about, you know, one of these guys is going to be able to make the team potentially from the interior offensive line, not named uh, Feliciano because Feliciano is for sure going to make it. And Zakel having the ability to play center and guard, I think is something the 49ers would like, not to mention in a pinch, an emergency situation, Zakel played tackle his entire career, so he could step in as well. Uh, you know, he played all that at college, so he he could step in and be just fine. So I like the 49ers offensive line and the way that it's been looking. And I think you know, I think they all are feeling very comfortable with it as well. Now I talked a little bit about Cameron Law too, uh, as far as uh, you know, getting open, but maybe having some pass catching struggles. I don't know if it's focus. Or, or what it is exactly, but he needs to get that ball put away. But I also made an effort to watch him block. And I thought he had a pretty good day blocking, both him and Braden Willis. Uh, I thought you know they, were, they understood what they were supposed to do. They were lining up in the right spots. And that was a big question mark for Cameron Latu. He has the size. He has the, the strength to be an inline blocker. And we saw it some in practice today. So I thought that was a positive move in the right direction. We even saw the 49ers in first team take Braden Willis uh, in place of George Kittle, put him in motion as a move tight end and have him uh, help Trent Williams on the edge and try to get a push uh, there off the edge and try to run to the left. It didn't work out. Christian McCaffrey was stopped for little to no gain. But I thought that that was a, a signal how they feel about Braden Willis's potential to be a help block tight end, in this case, a move tight end. So to me, it was, it's was it been good news for the 49ers' young tight ends, 
And Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly haven't exactly run away with it. I think Warner has outplayed Dwelly right now. Warner's still a very significant blocker. And I think that overall in the passing game, Warner's probably looked better than I've seen him. He could have had a couple of catches if he didn't have some bad throws. So the young guys have to still catch Charlie Warner. Uh, but I think they are acclimating to the 49ers offense and then being able to execute you know, the things that they're asked to execute. So a good day for the tight ends. Uh, another really good day for Danny Gray as he continues uh, to impress with his speed. There was three or four occasions today where he got behind the defense and was open. And I think that, you know, of course, it may not be a part of the game plan or the, the practice plan the 49ers are trying to institute. But at some point, they're going to see that on film and you're going to see some of those shots. You're going to get the play action. You're going to get Danny Gray screen, screaming down the field. And they're going to have that deep crosser for Debo Samuel. Safety's going to jump it. And Danny Gray's going to catch a touchdown. So I like Danny Gray right now. I like he's been able to run all the routes, whether that's short, intermediate, or long. To me, he looks fast. He looks crisp. Uh, he's been standing out to me in a player that's not one of the top four guys, right? Because Jennings, Debo, Brandon Ayuk, they're at a different level. Ray Ray's looks solid, and I think Danny Gray has been the best one after that, even though Chris Conley has been coming on and Ronnie Bell had a really good practice yesterday. So there definitely still is a competition. This thing's going to play out. Conley's had a lot of touchdowns for the 49ers, and he's a nice big target for these quarterbacks. So to me, there's still a lot of a tread on the tires for this figure, you know, figuring out who's going to be uh, the wide receivers. But I think it's going to be, you know, really fun. Um, let's see what we got here in the comment section. Jaylee says, Ant, thoughts on our DN situation I think right now, I think early thoughts are Greg Jackson is going to be the defensive end opposite of Nick Bosa to start. Uh, I think he showed enough as far as, you know, in the run, setting the edge. I think he's done a pretty good job. I think that Cleveland Farrell is really close to him. I think both of them look really good. So I know once Bosa's back, I'm comfortable with those three guys as starting caliber players. Farrell's hand technique and use of leverage has been better than I anticipated. And so I do think he's a, a valuable member of this rotation. I think he's actually going to make more of an impact, you know, than most believe he will. As far as the rest of it, I'm a little concerned with, you know, Bryant and Bill Jr. being out because that's your speed element. You're going to get a lot of effort from Kerry Hyder. You know, you're going to get a lot of effort from the, you know, the guys that are behind uh, and, We'll see what happens with Taco Charlton, but you know I think the 49ers were really looking for that speed element, and all those guys are kind of built in more of the Drake Jackson mold, and I think that's kind of the direction they want to go. And with those guys being out, I think they're thinking they're going to be able to have less pockets collapse, even though the interior defensive line you know can definitely collapse a pocket. So I like those top three guys. I like Kerry Hyder overall because he's just such a technician. Um, but I would like it more if we had Austin Bryant involved in the and Robert Beal involved, so we could get a really good idea, you know, of how this D line looks. But overall, it's pretty fun. Um, let's see. Uh, David says, "Ant, can uh, Deshaun Jameson make the fifty-three? You know, he can. I, I think he can, uh, David, because." When it comes to Jamison, he's got the athletic ability. I watch him going through his drills. 
and he's definitely got a good read on what receivers are trying to do to him. So one of the drills they're running today was the offensive player was running and he would kind of slow up or, or sink his hips and try to get the defensive player to commit, whether that was to break on the football and try to drive on it, or if that was to get him to flip his hips and turn the other way, they were trying to catch you in that, that, oh, do I go forward or do I go back? And I thought Jamison was doing really good with that. And when it was plays, you know, a lot of guys like Ambry Thomas were so afraid to give up their cushion because then, you know, then they didn't want to get beat deep. But then when the guy broke off underneath, they were having to drive and really run a long ways. And there was a lot of distance between them and the offensive player. And I thought that Jamison didn't have that. He wasn't worried about giving up his cushion. And he had a really good feel of, hey, when I need to roll over, open my hips and go, and when he needed to drive on the football. So I think Jamison's in the mix. I just don't know for sure if he's going to be able to make it. If Freddie says Tay Martin making progress, yeah, Tay Martin has been getting more involved in the offense. And I think that's good news. Um, the, he's been catching some footballs. He definitely gives every everything he's got in special teams, uh, you know, work. Uh, he's a, been a gunner. He's been working out over there. So, yeah, he has made progress. I think one of the question marks for Tay Martin is, can he overtake the guys in front of him? I think Tay Martin and Ronnie Bell are really close as far as what they've showed so far at practice. But I think that Danny Gray and Chris Conley are ahead of both of them. So if they're going to be able to jump those two guys, uh, they're going to have to make some moves. And I felt like Ronnie Bell had a really good practice yesterday. Today, it was just average. Uh, but I thought Tay Martin showed out on a couple of plays today. So those guys are kind of in battles. And I think it's going to play out during the preseason when we get to see not only them take reps at wide receiver, but also take reps on special teams. I think special teams going to be one of those areas, you know, we could see these guys uh, potentially have some success. And what's up, John? How's it going? He says, do you think Taco Charlton can be more than just a camp body? I say, why not? I mean, Taco Charlton's got the build. He's got the long arms. He was put in work today. So, I mean, yes, I always think that somebody has the opportunity, especially when you play for Chris Kacarek and when you play for the San Francisco 49ers because it's a meritocracy. He doesn't, you know, Kyle Shaden, Chris Kacarek, they don't care what your name is. They don't care where you were drafted. What they care about is how you produce on the football field. And I think that when it comes to Taco Charlton, he's got first-round ability. And the 49ers love reclamation projects. So we'll see how much of a opportunity Charlton gets. But, I mean, right now, that without Bryant and you know without Robert Beal Jr., you got to think he's going to get an opportunity. So let's see how he kind of gets comfortable being at 49ers practice, their scheme, their wide nine, how he feels about it but it could open the door and we'll see. He was a very talented player when he played at Michigan. And let's see if that can transfer over. And Freddie says, has defensive end become the biggest weakness? I don't think it's become the biggest weakness because you still have Nick Bosa and you still have Drake Jackson. And I think Cleveland Farrell is a solid three. And we know Kerry Hyder can produce. And if he's your fourth defensive end, you're still feeling comfortable. I think on the, the back end, you're a little more concerned but guys like Alex Barrett have been getting good reps. So when you have guy, a coach like Chris Kacarek and Daryl Tapp as well, I mean, they just work these guys so solid. So I think that overall they're feeling pretty pretty comfortable. Um, 
you know, with where they're at with the defensive imposition. I think they just brought in Charlton. They need someone to get those reps so that way they don't have to do what they did yesterday and play Kinlaw at right defensive end in some of the situations. Bernie says, any news on rookie linebackers? So I've watched the rookie linebackers pretty consistently and I'll kind of throw McCurry ball in there. So we'll just talk about McCurry ball, D winters and Jalen Graham. Uh, Graham has been looking better in coverage over the last two days during one-on-ones. Of course he gets cooked just like everybody else. And if he goes against Christian McCaffrey, it doesn't matter what linebacker you are, you're smoked. Uh, Bobby Wagner's already having nightmares about Christian McCaffrey. He's just that dangerous in the open spaces. But I think that overall, my favorite as far as footwork goes from the position is D winners. Uh, D winners has been very technical with his footwork. He's very explosive. I think overall, as far as the instincts right now, I believe Jalen Graham's a little bit ahead of D winners in that category. But I think that once it clicks for winners, winners skill set is going to help him a lot. So I think I want to see what happens. This is the time. Both of them are going to excel now that we have pads on. And there was one play today where uh, Kalen Laburn came running through the hole and he thought he was going to jump to a uh, jump cut to an opening. And both D winners and Jalen Graham met him in the hole. It was like not today. It was really good. So I, I like their development overall. McCrary ball has looked exciting. Uh, so I think he's still in the mix, but they haven't been able to overtake the 49ers starting three, which includes Oren Burks. Uh, but also, they haven't been able to overtake DFF yet. Uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles is that next guy up, that fourth linebacker as of right now on the depth chart. But I think that can slowly change, especially once we get to the Raiders practices and the 49ers get some film of these players playing against another team. Uh, John says, without Brian and Beal, what do you mean by that? Are they injured? Yeah, both guys haven't been practicing. You can add Kalia Davis to that list as well. Kalia Davis has missed three practices that I know of. Bryant and Bill have missed a couple of practices. Bill was in street close today. So, yeah, both of them haven't been working in, so the 49ers had to go out and get Taco Charlton. But I think this move was to make sure they had enough talent on the roster and not so much to go get a guy they feel, you know, this isn't like something that you're looking at and be like, oh, Drake wasn't getting it done or, oh, Cleveland Farrell wasn't getting it done. I think they just, hey, we needed a guy. Taco Charlton's an experienced guy. He's got a lot of talent. Let's see what he's got, and uh, let's work him out. So overall, I think that it was a solid move, and you know the Warriors have had some really good practices, and overall, it, that's what you're expecting right now in the regular or right now in training camp, preparing for the regular season. So 49ers on the on the right track, and we'll see how it plays out at defensive end. It's always a little nerve wracking, right? Uh, we're hoping that it's going to go well, but um, you just don't know about injuries. And uh, Freddie says, I'm worried about Burks being hurt and creating weakness in special teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a great special teams player. He was dealing with a little bit of an injury, but don't worry. They have talented guys to play special teams, and those young linebackers are part of the reason. Guys like uh, you know D. Winters, Jalen Graham, and McCurry Ball all look really good in their special teams work that we've been seeing at practice. So they'll be helping as well. So I do think Burke's role on special teams is diminished by playing and starting at Sam Backer, but it's not completely void. They're not going to completely take him out because with so many teams playing sub packages, at most he'll play 25 to 30% of the snaps. Uh, that's still plenty for him to be able to, 
you know, play uh, starting linebacker for the 49ers. So to me, I'm not really concerned about it overall. But I mean, that that is something you got to take into account, right? When you're you're talking about who's going to start. Of course, you put your best starting 11 on both sides of the ball out there and you let it all play out. So if you have to add somebody to play special teams, you'll be okay. They have good ones, including they could always keep DFF around or they could keep, um, you know, somebody else like Curtis Robinson around as well. And I'm glad Freddie McDre brought this up. He says, is the hype on Moody real? It should be real. The dude hit a 60-yard field goal today and it didn't look like it was even that hard to do. Uh, he's got a one heck of a leg. He did have a miss of 43 yards, but he hit five of six. He's got the leg to uh, help the 49ers be able to get points from further away. That was one of the drawbacks from having Robbie Gold. Yeah, he was consistent every single day. He could make it through, but his length was starting to slow. When he first came to the 49ers, hey, it was probably about 55 yards was his range, but now we were getting 50 you know, 45 to 50 yards was kind of his top end. So I think even though he had the great consistency, he somewhat lacked that length. So Kyle Shanahan had a decision to make. He could go for it, which Kyle doesn't really like to do. And I'm sure a lot of 49er fans wish he would, or uh, he could punt, try to, you know, pin them back and then play good defense. And that's a lot of times what he uh, decided to do. But now he doesn't have to worry about that. You know, 55 to 60 yards, you have a kicker that can do that. So it extends uh, point opportunities for the 49ers. And I think that's what they were looking for when they went with a younger leg in Jake Moody. They believe he's a once-in-a-lifetime talent. And I think so far he's looked the part. And honestly, the 49ers have two guys now because Zane Gonzalez has looked pretty good too. And I think teams around the league are going to come calling uh, for Gonzalez as well because He's looked very consistent. He's got enough leg to hit from deep. The 49ers are in a good situation on special teams overall, from their kicker to their long snapper to their punter. Uh, Wisnowski was punting great today. Uh, just to how these guys are playing on teams, it's, it looks really good. So very excited about you know the direction of the 49ers offensively, defensively, and special teams. And I think everyone can get excited about the 49ers team overall. I'd like to thank everyone for coming through and joining me on the 49ers Cutback on Believe. Thank you guys so much for watching. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers.